All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Nate Shot Knows, Nate Knows, Two Thieves in a Pod, or whatever the fuck we're calling this. We had a, a long week last week full of fun golf uh, missions and adventures. Yeah, a lot of golf. A lot of golf left. A <laughs> lot of golf left. As a, a great man once said, Joshua Shotland. Uh, we, we, we basically, we've, so we've got golf polos coming out, and... I, I bought the same camcorder that Good Good uses. Uh, Bob does sports, all these prolific golf channels. And we brought Tanner out on Wednesday just to get him used to it. Because for anybody that you haven't seen this camcorder, but it's it's not like one of these uh, home. I mean, actually, it's like a home video camcorder that your parents would have used in the 90s on Christmas Day uh, times 10. Yeah. I mean, it's official. So it takes some some talent and some repetitions to learn how to use it properly how to track these balls in the air so we brought tanner out on wednesday uh just to get his feet wet tanner's behind the cameras right now along with some other incredible folks here at the 100 thieves production team and then we brought him out again on friday recorded a full 18 holes you were there mm-hmm. uh we had wheels who works at tsm with us Bo, who's done photo shoots for me and for 100 thieves since i was like 18 years old. So we had yeah. a great group along with Rich and Spencer um, and Daltu. So we had we had ourselves a day. So last week was a lot of fun for me, but I'm back. Glad to be in the lab again, recording this podcast. You played Saturday too, right? I did play Saturday, man. What'd I'll tell you, you what. What? What'd you shoot? Oh, uh, you're just setting me up, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm like, D-Wade. I'm teeing you up. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. go, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So on Saturday, I shot a 72. Now... There's a asterisk there. It's a caveat to this. We played a shamble. For anybody that doesn't know what a shamble is, it was a duo shamble. Uh, this is actually the the jumper that I'm wearing right now. This crew neck is from the GGC. Uh, basically, one of my best friends, Rich, founded a group uh, for industry leaders in, in in gaming to all come together once a month to play in some recreational golf tournaments. And so a shamble is when you take the best ball off the tee. So both of you, you and your duo, hit your tee shot, whichever is the best. You both drop your ball from there, and then you play out your ball for the rest of the hole. So mm-hmm. that's what the asterisk is. I mean, a 72 for me still, even though uh, my partner, Rich, is amazing off the tee, a 72 is still really, really, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm unbelievably proud of that. You can, I mean, you can hit off the tee, all things considered. It's your putting that, that's like, the, that was the big win on Saturday. Yeah, the big win was definitely putting. I, I honestly, I wish uh, Tanner was out there recording that round because mm-hmm. we basically had Rich, aka Shibby. He was my he was my Sherpa. He was just guiding me through the world of putting. I'm not even kidding. He stood behind me uh, before we teed off at the putting green and basically would just help me line up putts. And I found out that something happens when I stand over the ball because. There's so many putts that you'll see in this vlog that we recorded where um, I'm breaking my wrist and really trying to guide it because I know when I'm standing over it, I'm like, there's it's it's not possible for me to get to the hole with how it's breaking, the way that I'm lined up. And I just, for some reason, had a mental block. Why is this? Why mm-hmm. do I have to force this putt <laughs> and try to push it, pull it, break my wrist? I just can't tell what's straight. So at the putting green, he showed me what was straight. And then on pretty much every hole, he would stand behind me and let me know what my line was. Gave me the line, green light, put it. I didn't have one three putt that day. Yeah, that's wild. Well, for the sake of entertainment for this golf vlog from Friday, I'm glad that you weren't hitting your putts. 
because it was it was great to watch. <laughs> yeah, man, just watching somebody's like, yeah. mental well being just hang on by thread. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be some some good Easter eggs in that video. A lot yeah. of a lot of rage filled moments. Mm-hmm. I was telling everybody in the room before I was fucking so mad because. I don't eat breakfast and I need to get uh, you know, pit stop at the halfway house, normally get a hot dog. I've golfed at this course probably 20, 30 times. For some reason that day they didn't have hot dogs. So I didn't eat the whole day. I Can't mean also, I hung on. All, what the thing that's more wild than not eating breakfast is the fact that you just refuse to eat ham, cheese, and bread with how hungry you are. I don't were. eat cold deli meats that often, dude. It just <laughs> you just gotta get it down. I know, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a weird guy, brother. Captain fuel. fuel. But yeah, that's fair. I don't want to sit here and recant anything that you guys haven't been able to watch yet. That's yeah. probably pretty boring. So let's get off this topic okay. immediately. Okay. Well, how are you feeling, Joe? I love facial hair, Joe. Yeah. So I've been telling you since we started working together, you just it's prime time, Joe. When you're when you grow out the facial hair, brother, you look it's like good. Uh, it's good length, but center for the Blackhawks, like a. A, a pure hockey chat. It, I, I don't know why, oh, that's, but I that's, love that's such a compliment. I love facial hair, Joe. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll ride it out again. You have to. Bro. I go through my phases. So prime time, Joe. I'm telling you, brother. This is this is the look. Well, this is. If you were going to shoot for Vogue today, <laughs> I would say. Don't ever let a blade near your face again. You got to keep the facial hair. <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. But yeah, so I got the facial hair going. Um, <laughs> golf weekend. Got my white food, my divorce <laughs> yeah, papers. Got my divorce papers. I've got a loaded handgun. Oh, I love that, dude. Let's <laughs> compare and On my nightstand. Can I borrow uh, some bullets? Yeah. But yeah, golf. A lot of golf this weekend, like we said, but I think I officially got the bug now too. I haven't had it for a while, but I bought 2K last night, PJ 2K. Played that for probably five hours. Refused to play with you though. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't <laughs> play as my character. I can't do it, dude. I tr- I I looked at it for a second. I was like, this is too weird. This is I can't do it. So you tell me, you didn't even think about me enough to like look at me on the game and like send me a photo, say, hey, hey, bud, thinking about you. I don't want you to get a big head. <laughs> You're in a video game. Gassing you up right now with your facial hair. You can't stroke me off a little bit. I just stroked off your 72. Oh, let's go. Not too much. You, you know. did lob it up for me. Can't make. Can't let the audience think this is as big of an echo chamber as it actually is. So, All right. Well, we got to talk about the Masters before yeah. we move away from golf. We do. Try to keep this one quick. Sunday was filled with a mixed bag of emotions. It was awesome because we had some friends over to watch. Haley, my beautiful, lovely, over-planning... I mean, just the best of both of us. She went OD as per usual. It was, I mean, she did a phenomenal job. Brother, I I have never met somebody who actually uses Etsy and Haley <laughs> will go. She got custom place settings, napkins. She had a me- like a drink menu. She made like, that menu herself. Yeah. I framed it. I was super hungover. I didn't, I said like, thanks for having us. It was great like you did a great job as i was leaving but i wasn't able to give her enough credit haley's brain just works a different way if you told me that i was going to type out in google docs a menu of drinks for people that we were having over and then add art to it then print it out on a physically print it out and then frame it on top of getting master's themed cookies Mm -hmm. 
everything. She just, uh, she made uh, pulled pork sandwiches. I mean, she's the goat. I had a huge, a huge bet on Brooks Kepka. I, 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 I took him threw two hundred dollars down plus four thousand on Wednesday. Uh, would have netted me eight thousand dollars, <laughs> and he had a three-stroke lead going into Sunday. It was either three or two strokes. I, I think he was twelve under, and Rom was nine. I think Rom ended his round with like two bogeys out of three holes on 16, 17, 18 on Saturday. So I was feeling really, really good. Mm-hmm. I also had Victor Hovland as well. I, I remember on Thursday when I woke up at like 530, I threw on the Masters app and I saw him just stripe a drive in the par five, number two. And I'm like, dude, this guy is dialed. He's been close in, in a lot of tournaments in the last few years. So I threw another 200 bucks on him. So I, I would have won eight grand. I had two out of the three that were leading going into Sunday. And John Rahm just did not make one single fucking mistake on Sunday. Not one fucking mistake. The Spaniard. And it it, 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 it was tough for me because knowing John Rahm's history, and obviously there's a lot of... Uh, uh, attention around this clip that he had from a couple years back where he said he was watching Optic Chicago before he played in on Sunday. I think it was at the U.S. Open or something crazy. So he's a huge Call of Duty fan from what I understand from that clip and that clip alone. So uh, selfishly, I'm bummed that I lost the bet, but I'm actually really happy for him just because you know anybody that is that good at golf, number one in the world, and loves video games, supports esports, and watches, and is a fan in any capacity. Hard not to root for somebody like that, yeah. but nevertheless, really gutted that. I mean, yo, listen, Patrick Cantlay. I, I'm oh sure he's a nice guy, but <laughs> on God, on the record, right now, <laughs> not knowing anything about him uh, from a personal standpoint. Again, I'm sure he's a great guy. Fuck Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> yeah. I saw a million reports about how his pace, for context, people are saying his pace of play is what led to Victor and Brooks basically falling apart because he was just taking forever and fucking up the rhythm for both of them. Golf is all about confidence and rhythm. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're scoring well and you're getting to your shot and you're able to be in your own flow state, I feel like for these guys who are so closely uh, competitive in terms of skill set, finding that rhythm is probably the most important aspect of trying to clutch up on Championship yeah. Sunday. And Cantlay uh, was paired up with Hovland. I mean, you've got two sums, professional golfers, on, on a course that has plenty of length. Granted, all these guys can hit the ball pretty far, but there's no world under any circumstance where you should have uh, you should be a hole behind the group ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And on many occasions, Patrick Cantlay was causing a backup yeah i mean this is treason on the highest degree yeah highest level well further tip of the cap to rom for dealing with that too for sure i mean that that's a great point as well it's like okay we could sit here all day say hovland and and rom or hovland and and brooks kepka got fucked over but for rom to be a couple strokes back going into sunday and to be able to keep his composure I mean, that, that again, going back to when we first started talking about it, I just didn't make a mistake. Yeah. It was actually kind of disappointing. I don't know. It, we had terrible conditions the entire weekend with the rain and cold. We had trees falling at Augusta. But Sunday was beyond the wind, besides the wind, scoring conditions. Yeah. And it was, it was honestly somewhat, 
I wouldn't say boring because no matter what, the stakes are high. It's the Masters mm-hmm. Sunday, but it seemed like Rom all he had to do after the, the 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 front nine would just play safe. Yeah. So we didn't really see anybody take aggressive lines. I mean, Brooks tried. He lost a couple balls off the tee. Had to get himself out of some trouble. Punch under some trees, but fuck, man, it would have been great to finally catch a lick on yeah. a on a bet like that. I, my dad actually texted me. Because I told him about the bet on Thursday, and uh, he said the Hague family curse strikes again. <laughs> yeah. The Hague family just is destined to lose any bet or anything that revolves around luck of under every circumstance. He he knows it. I know it. My brother knows it. We just can't catch a catch a break when it comes to betting or sports competition. Yeah. Also, um, I guess I gotta respect the fact that you just didn't hedge having two of the three. <laughs> to start Sunday with a possible acre and payout and not throw like a couple thousand down just to guarantee. Well, we're gambling, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I literally, so this is the last thing we'll say and then we'll move on from the Masters because we've spent probably 20 minutes talking about golf. But my, uh, one of my partners here at 100 Thieves, our CFO, Jason, he actually uh, got into golf in the last couple years and he asked me who I'm betting on on Wednesday. I told him that I was going to throw money down on Tony Finau, Max Homa, and John Rahm. I mean, he he didn't ask me. Sorry, let me rephrase that. He he, he didn't ask me who I thought was going to win, uh, or he, he didn't ask me who I was going to bet on. He asked me who do I think was going to win. Mm-hmm. So I mean, John Rahm. It's not like I'm 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 fucking predicting the future. The guy's been playing unbelievable yeah. throughout this entire year. But he was only plus 900. Meanwhile, I've got, you know, the odd. I, I, I yeah. wanted a moonshot. Yeah, exactly. You not know, as juicy. I know, but plus 900 is still pretty unbelievable. But that's not 200 and eight grand. So he said, at it's least excited. we want money on John Rahm. And then I never told him, but <laughs> I, I never put money down on him. So, oh, well. Hey, you move on. You Yo, move Patrick on. Cantlay, I, again. Sure, he's a great guy, but we got to figure this the fuck out. Looking like a flight attendant with that Delta sponsorship. Brother, he, he, yeah, he had every sponsorship, bro. <laughs> yeah. AP, I think he, or no, he had Delta, and then Goldman Sachs. I'm like, these rich white yeah. dudes love this guy. <laughs> what the fuck? What, do you do a blood oath with, like, the New World Order? Hanging out with David Solomon in Mexico on the weekends while he's DJing, but too busy handing out pretzels to hit the golf ball. <laughs> Anyways. He fucked us, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet John Rom. Um, I'm proud of you. Just to save my ass, I was down on a bunch of other shit. But, anyways, a lot of golf last week. Uh, it was a great week. Um, Man, the Masters is just incredible. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, we got it out of the way. We got it out of the way. Um, now it's time to talk about fun things, like how much we fucking hate hiking. <laughs> yeah. Did you pick your top three favorite movies? You think about it? No, I didn't. Can't do it. Okay. Won't do it. Okay. Good fellows and glorious bastards and. Home Alone 2. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Home Alone 2 is superior to Home Alone 1 in every way. That's a wild top three favorite I movie. I mean, this but... guy's got a, a blank check, essentially, with a, his parents' credit cards, just traversing all throughout New York, navigating the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can we just talk about Home Alone for a second? How fucking negligent of parents you need to be <laughs> yeah. to lose your kid twice yeah. on a vacation? wild first time you fly to florida the second time you fly to fucking paris and you don't know where your son is also, maybe who, they flew to paris they threw they flew to paris i think in the first one and then florida in the second was it was it christmas time in both 
Yeah. Who goes to Paris for Christmas? Uh, rich yeah, I guess. fucking people that yeah. <laughs> hate their kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and on top of that, they got all these little cousins, too. I mean, they were flying like 15 fucking heads to Paris for Christmas. Also, how do two grown men uh, unsuccessfully rob a house at the hands of a 10-year-old? You know? <laughs> Yeah, there's that too, but morons. Every, <laughs> the entire script, we're not going to press them on it, but it, at least it made for good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, uh, could be a polarizing take here as well. But I didn't think Home Alone three was that bad. They took out Macaulay Culkin, added in this bowl cut little bastard, and hey, it was it was good. This guy was cruising around in an RC car. I don't even think I saw Home Alone three. I think the villains actually were just as good. They were like Russian spies trying to get uh, a chip for a nuclear uh, pathing navigational weapon. Microprocessors. <laughs> what? Departed. Oh. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry another... Man, I missed the departed quote. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be thinking about that all day now. That one and the Armageddon. I've been quoting Armageddon a lot. It's very niche, but... Armageddon's an unbelievable movie, dude. <laughs> ben Affleck, uh, Bruce Willis. Liv, well, Liv Tyler is the daughter and love interest. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, what when they're about to take off on the shuttle? What's the song that plays? Oh, I don't know. No, it's oh man, it's such a beautiful scene. They give you like a '90s montage of "I'm here with the oh wait," because I'm leaving. The guy mm. uh, who passed away, but he's in Green Mile on a jet plane. Oh, don't uh, know if I'll be, and they all break into song. Yeah, uh, Michael dude. Clark Duncan. Yeah, it's a RIP. Awesome movie, Armageddon. Um, okay. You uh, think that would be easier to teach astronauts how to drill rather than drillers how to be astronauts? Yeah, I just don't know if I agree with that premise either. Well, I kept quoting the "I can make eight hundred feet," just like a super corny line where Bruce Willis was like, "I've never missed a depth like I could make eight hundred feet," and I kept referencing that when you were putting and yeah, <laughs> like, like I could make thirty feet. I could make thirty feet. Uh, so no more putting talk. We're off the golf. We're off. We're off. People don't fuck with golf like we do. Um. Okay. Well, my top three. Fuck Patrick Cantlay. Dude. <laughs> my top three, just to throw them in there, because yeah, just flying over this. Departed. There you go. Godfather Part One, and Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. You bow to no man, Frodo. <laughs> yeah. I I had to like used to have to prep that answer for like interviews when I thought I wanted to work at like an agency back in college and do film and TV. And my argument was always, obviously, Lord of the Rings, like the fantasy part. But I'm like, that movie has 11 Oscars. You can't, you can't debate the fact that that is not a great movie. Return of the King's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal movie. I think great. it's a great pick. Yeah, this is a strong lineup: Godfather, One, Departed, and Return of the King. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you span across a couple genres there. Did a great job. I fuck with that top three. Like to dip my toes in different genres. But none of those movies have Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Moneyball. Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball is fucking unbelievable. There's uh, this account I follow too. It's called The Film Zone, where just like a really well done in terms of like the aesthetics of their movie posts and everything. And mm. I didn't realize till I brought it up, but Brad Pitt's like signature thing in movies is he's always eating. And there's like, <laughs> they have like 20 references of him just eating food. Oh, yeah. Throughout. I've seen the... that before. Yeah. And TikTok uh, uh, does a great job of 
I don't I don't follow this film account like you, but TikTok, I just get movies like one one out of every five posts and Yeah. But I think it's I think it's interesting for someone with the hearing such as yourself and uh the predisposition to hear me chewing that you love Brad Pitt so much because he's always eating. You want to you want to <laughs> what movie almost turned me into a serial killer, I would say. Uh, uh, and nobody would have got killed except for my own household because I didn't have enough bodies at my disposal. Uh, the Martian. Matt Damon eating these fucking almonds, dude. It drives me fucking insane. I'm like, this movie would be 10 out of 10 for me if Matt Damon was not eating Vicodin and almonds in every goddamn scene, dude. Just chomping through Vicodin pills. But I love Matt Damon, so I can't hold it against him. He's, Dude, he's... I. I would say I know Matt Damon is a really good actor because of how much I like can't stand him when he plays the villain. Like he does such a good job of getting me to hate him on screen. Yeah. Oh, especially in Interstellar. Yeah. Oh my God. That and The Departed as well. And uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, if you've seen that before. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan. You know yeah. what's uh, underrated as well for Matt Damon is um, The Adjustment Bureau. Holy shit. Adjustment Bureau is a phenomenal movie. I forgot that movie existed. I would vote Matt Damon for president. <laughs> we won't get onto that topic mm. either. <laughs> Golf and politics. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Biden blue chews. <laughs> Joe Biden definitely uses blue chews. There's no way Joe <laughs> Biden has sex at his age, right? Uh, probably not. <laughs> what age do you think people stop have stop having sex? Is it like seventy? I don't know. I think it's different for men and women. Do you think nursing homes they're just Running wild around those hallways, <laughs> sneaking in each other's rooms. Did you see the internship? Just taking cocktails of of handfuls of pills and just going to work. Have you seen the internship? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen the Ethel. Ethel, what's up, girl? <laughs> what's up, girl? I don't remember it as well as you clearly, but he, sell, he starts. The one guy starts selling motorized scooters to the nursing home, and he's basically like running it as if he's like the pimp of like the nursing home. I feel like at a, at a certain point, dude, in your life, you just become too tired to deal with anything, and you just too tired to. Yeah, sex would be nice right now, but I'm just fucking exhausted. I gotta take my thirty pills and focus on not dying today. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Let me try I, I, get I, my hope, food. I hope. I hope we live a long, full life. Yeah. But um, I think I'm probably good at having sex after like sixty. <laughs> yeah, we got a while. We got a while, but uh, a lot of time to fuck, dude. <laughs> Where's Brad Pitt and Chris Pine? Oh, Let me see him. What's up, Beast? What's up, Beast? Oh, God. I hate us right now. I know. Uh, well, Valorant played yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. We beat the living shit out of Evil Genius. Oh, it was dude. awesome. I love it. I love to see it. Um, love to see us beat Ethan, too. Yeah, it was, I felt good to beat Ethan. Yeah, sure. it did. Um, Every time. I wonder what every time. I mean, I actually, I do, I still, I fuck with Ethan. I do. Yeah. But he left us. Didn't mm -hmm. believe in the young talent. Yeah. And now we got these eighteen-year-old crackheads on your forehead. On yeah. Your head top. Literally. I don't really understand why they subbed out BCJ for Demon. Uh, that was an interesting, an interesting move. I'm curious how BCJ felt about that. But we just looked exactly the way that we did at. Red Bull home grounds uh, that we played in, and I think it was December or January. We just there was never like a point in the match where we f looked like we were going to lose. I'll say when we went, I think we went up like five two on Haven on offense, and uh, 
felt like we had all the momentum in the world. And then EG clutched up. They won, I think, five, six rounds in a row. And from there on out, though, we won pistol on defense, just strung together a couple rounds. I think we even won a bonus uh, on defense. Mm -hmm. And then Icebox, we looked prime. Nasty. Still don't like watch a crowd on Omen. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter when everybody else is shooting. Yeah. I mean, he's very good at Omen. Don't get me wrong. I just, just love watching him play on Jet. Yeah. I like seeing uh, Austin on Gecko, too. Just like playing off his blind, being like a little more aggressive. I don't think Austin had played Gecko. On Haven. Did he? I he thought Derek did. Mm -mm. But um, did you, I was, I'm curious too, I don't know if you asked or talked to the players after, but I'm curious what Stellar was saying after that bang 4K on Icebox. Yeah, he was, I, I've never seen him uh, that hyped up and he, emotional. He was, he was saying something, I don't know what, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, there was a clip when they had like the player intros where EG said one of the players basically uh, 100 Thieves sticks to their game plan and we know how to counter that game plan. Mm. They're a good team, but I think we're better. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. I don't, I, I doubt that was the what stemmed uh, a reaction from Stellar, but yeah. I love seeing the guys get hyped up, man. There's nothing yeah. better than making a big play or watching your teammate go off. You got the crowd behind you. Everybody's mm -hmm. cheering. I mean, that's what you play for. Yeah. All those hours of scrims every single day, every single week, every single month, all year. Those are the moments that those kids live for. So I I'm glad to see them get a win. I will say I, I am a little bit confused from Riot's standpoint why they're throwing up just one singular match on a Monday afternoon at 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. That seems pretty bizarre to me from a broadcasting and continuity perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, just... I wasn't aware that that match was happening, and if I wasn't aware, I would imagine there was a big part of the community that didn't know either. Yeah. I will say, though, um <clears throat> was weird, but certainly didn't mind having a little Valorant in the office on a Monday. Oh, 100%. Nice. I mean, it was a nice treat for yeah. us. Yeah. But from you know, yeah. if you got a full-time job, I'm curious if you're able to tune in. Yeah. I, th I think some people had the day off, though, too, because it's, you know, that's the... U.S. recognized holiday mm -hmm. of Easter, which is the Monday. Yeah. But we didn't give anybody the day off Friday or Monday, but we got spring break coming up here in a couple of weeks. We're going to give everybody a half day on Thursday, give them Friday off, mm -hmm. try to enjoy like a four-day weekend. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'll be nice. Our schedules get kind of crazy in end of April, beginning of May. I mean, I've got to go up to Monterey where we're getting married here in a couple a couple days to go try out all the food. Uh, Hayley's pretty excited. I am too, because we're going to play some golf right there. And then the next week after that, I think I have to travel somewhere. And then the first two weeks of May, I'm in Miami for F1. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to Dallas for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Yep. So we're going to be jet setting. We will be. Hopefully Patrick Cantlay, maybe he can make up for his <laughs> Imagine slow you get, play, get us some Delta. <laughs> you get paired with Patrick Cantlay in the Pro-Am. Oh my God. Can that happen? It can. It certainly can. Well, he'll happen. never, he'll never, this, this clip, he'll never see it. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Again, it's not that I don't fuck with him. We just got to speed up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I really liked our 100T Esports tweet of the bang 4K when they're like, he's not going back to China or he doesn't need yeah, to. Yeah, that was a good tweet. Doesn't need to learn Chinese. That was a good tweet. I yeah. got to talk to the social team because we had a couple, I don't know. I would say mishaps over the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. We tried to chirp Sentinels, which I love the ambition, but I uh, I used to pride myself 
on there wouldn't be many moments in the back half of my career where I would chirp. But when I had opportunities where it was prime conditions for a very witty and self-aware um, reply, mm-hmm. foaming at the mouth. Yeah. We just, we, we, we tried to go at some people's necks and our replies just weren't as savvy and self-aware and witty as I'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad we're taking some shots. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. For sure. We'll get there. Um, and then did you see this yay to DSG news? Yeah, I did. Is that is that real? Is that yeah, how? it's real from everything I understand. Wild. It's pretty cool. It's it's actually awesome to see Disguised Toast and 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 Ludwig get involved in Valorant Esports. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, still don't understand. <clears throat> yeah, that I is mean, not I on a I'm curious how how he'll be compensated and what that roster will end up looking like. I'm not really familiar with the tier two community, so I don't, I don't know what that, what players are going to be uh, stacked up on stage next to Yay, and how they're being paid, and if Disguised Toast is just going to sign some sponsors and pay him through that, or it's going to pay him out of pocket through the money that he makes. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's cool either way. Uh, I'm fucking with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. What? I just don't. <clears throat> it's still the whole, there's like, there are tweets like, oh, like, yeah, we'll look to work his way back into like the main, like the main Valorant, like series, whatever. We got to have fucking <clears throat> Jacob come Jacob. on here. Yeah. And he was, he was supposed to come on last week. I thought he was going to be here. Our Jacob's our head of esports. I'm, I'm just curious what his take is on the, the entire Valorant mm. ecosystem right now. Yeah. I'm curious too. I'm sure he's got some he's got some knowledge of I it, feel but. very uninformed to be talking about yay and DSG because I just same. don't know what else they're doing yeah same same big but. fucking announcement though huge announcement mm-hmm. even had Tarek in on the skit that they released I didn't watch the whole thing because I wasn't on my phone too much yesterday but I'm excited to see it play out dead ass like, yeah it's it's gonna be cool yeah um <clears throat> pivoting a little bit in entertainment entertainment uh, <laughs> oh yeah did you watch the Israel Adesanya fight? I, I, I mean, I saw clips of it. Yeah. I saw him taunting his son. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Taunting like a 10-year-old I thought was fucking hilarious, dude. So the context of it was uh, this dude, Israel Adesanya, and the dude he fought, Alex Pereira, are both... They both came from like the kickboxing scene and both have very long careers in the professional kickboxing space. And when the two of them fought, um, Pereira knocked out Adesanya and his son, Alex Pereira's son, who was like five or six years old at the time, basically was mocking Izzy, pretending like falling down in the ring, pretending to like get knocked out. And then fast forward to a couple months ago, Pereira knocks Izzy out again, takes the belt from him. And then Izzy follows up this Saturday, knocks out Pereira, just absolutely bodies him, and then starts mocking his 12-year-old son. I mean, not. I feel like mocking is is underselling it. Yeah. I mean, he literally pointed at this kid, <laughs> yeah. jumped horizontally, and fell down and went to sleep. Yeah. I mean, While the kid was crying that his dad was unconscious on the mat. <laughs> brother, I just can't fathom when that kid grows up and he's... 18 and can have perspective that's nightmare fuel <laughs> i mean that is heinous it's gonna haunt them you gotta two schools of thought one 
Sonya taught his kid a lesson. <laughs> yeah. But and the other the other side of the coin, does this kid need to be taught a lesson? I mean, he doesn't know what the fuck five years old taunting him at. He had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. And just the I mean, it's straight out of a fucking movie, brother. Mm-hmm. Just so petty. Kid is crying and this guy points direct eye contact, everything. <laughs> yeah. Slumped. Yeah. And his dad is, again, like you said, laying unconscious on the floor. Just so petty. I love it. I love to see that. Uh, it is wild to bring your kids to those fights, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that I'd want my 10-year-old son around that, not because I don't want him to watch the fight, but just exactly what happened. I don't, if I, if I were to get my ass beat, and just knock the fuck out. I would not want him to see me like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But it was. It was great. Any pettiness in sports is just. I love to see. Same thing with like the Rudy Gobert incident. I don't know if you saw that. I punched his teammate. I saw that. Kyle Anderson. <laughs> yeah, they're chirping each other, calling each other bitches. Like, I just. It's good for sports. It's good for entertainment. I like Rudy Gobert's tweet after too. He's like, I actually love Kyle Anderson to death. I just lost my emotions. He'd battle. Mm-hmm. And that shit happens, man. That's the tough thing about being in competition with teammates and stuff is that emotions run high and you say shit and do shit that you don't actually mean. Or if you are in any normal setting and, you know, peace of mind, yeah, you, you, you're not reacting that way. But, you know, he put out the tweet. We'll see if they squash that shit. But. Yeah, just a wild week in sports, man. A lot of crazy shit happening. People getting knocked the fuck out. I mean, this is basically like an MMA fight. Yeah. They were swinging at each other. Oh, yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, What's rattling around in, in your brain right now? I got a couple more things, but I'm curious if there's anything you want to talk about. Uh, What's rattling around in my brain? Uh, Juvie and High Ground are doing unbelievably well right now. Mm-hmm. And... I just continue to uh, feel the pressure of promoting and posting more about both of these brands. I mean, if Juvie's doing this well with me just talking about it like once a week, if I was on my A game and posting every day, I think it could be doing even better. It's been great. High Ground just introduced an affiliate creator code uh, program. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's been awesome to see the community just lean in and get behind these products. Yesterday I was in bed. I actually had the dumbest grin on my face and showed Haley because there was a TikTok of this kid who was basically making uh, like a narrative uh, cinematic uh, TikTok around finding the game that you love, grinding it and getting burnt out. And then everybody goes on their cycle once a year where you get your boys and on a Minecraft server, you play for like two weeks and (laughs) have the best time ever. And then you get back to the game that you love and (coughs) right back on the grind. And in this, in the middle of it, he had a juvie on his desk and showed a shot of the juvie and drinking it. And I'm like, man, I feel I'm I'm like somewhat embarrassed how this like 18 year old kid could make me so happy to just see that Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, and it had a couple million views. It was awesome. So I think that's just the number one thing rattling around in my head right now is I, I, I just need to, I need to get back in the saddle and keep streaming, make some videos and just keep talking about Juvie because the message is getting spread around, uh, around the world. And I don't know, I feel like we're at this weird tipping point where we've got more flavors coming. 
and Blue Raspberry was a huge moment for the brand. Just got a lot of people that might not have jumped in with us at the launch to try it and love it the way that we love it every single day. And I, I, I'm just excited for the next year or two. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Juvie launch was necessarily bad. It was actually good, but I definitely had higher expectations, I would say. Mm. And those expectations have now been blown away over the last couple of months that started the new year. And I think for me personally, it's tough, you know, when I talk to the community or at least on this podcast in situations where I kind of stick my neck out to the board and say, you know, I know you guys are all very accomplished businessmen and women and yeah, yeah. And talking about some of the imposter syndrome that I had at early days of hundred thieves. Like I had a lot of conviction around high ground juvie and was probably, you know, patting myself on the back. I mean, I'm the fucking CEO, it's my job to really have conviction around what we should do. Uh, but I kind of stuck my neck out, my neck out there. I mean, it's an energy drink may, may, may not be the best, uh, beverage to try to be competitive with all these other brands with, but now that it's finally p- picking up some steam and got a lot of momentum, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just excited for the next couple months and I'm excited to do my part. I, I actually want to talk to you because we got this golf log coming out, uh, and these golf polos dropping, but I don't want, uh, like an hour long golf vlog to be, uh, the first video that I upload in probably eight months to my YouTube channel. I just think it would be a disservice to my community who has mainly followed me on YouTube because they don't know what the fuck's going on in my life. I mean, since my last video, we launched UV, I got engaged, so many big things in my life and moments that I normally would have shared in the past. I I, I just, I told Haley that I I think I want to sit down and film a video uh, either today or tomorrow. Tanner's editing the golf vlog right now get that footage over to Logan, get that edited and uploaded before this golf video comes out. Just to give everybody, you know, state of the union where I'm at in my life with Haley. And, and then uh, the golf video might not perform as poorly. I, don't, I just don't want to just uh, come out of left field with a video that people probably aren't expecting. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm thinking about right now. Juvie High Ground and my YouTube channel. Got to deliver. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be launching. Actually, I think I think it's probably safe to put this pot this in the podcast. We're going to be launching in a test market in Chicago in the next couple of days. I think the announcement goes live on Thursday, and uh, I think some of the store owners were uh, a little frustrated seeing us do Detroit first in the Midwest. They're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. come to Chicago." So if that goes well, we'll unlock a lot of stores in Chicago. That's my hometown. So. You know, I know I ask my community a lot, but I I need them to show up and show out and and, and go sell out these stores so we can get into more. Mm-hmm. But it just feels different than the first couple months of Juvie. So definitely, yeah. And I oh, you know what I did yesterday too? I went to a, a podiatrist to get my feet checked out. I've always had really uh, terrible feet, uh, foot pain. Um, I I mean I had orthotics when I was a kid because that was half the reason why I hated golf. I mean. Aside from not being able to hit the ball as far and being frustrated and being very competitive, that that's when I didn't realize how competitive I was back then. Uh, I just don't enjoy being bad at things, but got orthotics when I was a kid, fixed up some of the foot pain, and then as an adult, never really followed up with it. And I've got just a lot of golf trips happening. We're going to Bandon Dunes, playing 36 holes every day for four days. So there's no carts. You got to walk everything out. Like I said, we got the AT&T Pro-Am. Uh, so I've got a lot of just 
situations where I don't want to have pain. So I'm like, dude, I got to get to a doctor. Mm -hmm. Saw this podiatrist. This guy's the fucking man. You walk in, he's got signed sneakers up in frames from Shaquille O'Neal, Blake Griffin, some of the best, you know, athletes that I, I, I would love to share a drink with and just big, big fan of the, his clientele. And I'm like, yo doc, listen, I, these are probably issues that are somewhat ambiguous compared to the specialty that you normally <laughs> uh, share with these unbelievable athletes, but I got to get it fixed. He's like, yeah. yo, listen, walk up and down this hall. We're going to get you an x-ray and we'll see if we can get you fixed up. As soon as I did two trips up and down this hallway, he's like, brother, I'm surprised you haven't had uh, this taken care of a long time ago. I don't even know how you're walking around without pain. Mm -hmm. So he said I had a flexible flat foot. So I actually have very high arches, but what happens is uh, the muscles basically collapse when pressure comes down mm -hmm. into my feet. Uh, so the orthotics will essentially stop that from happening. And so he uh, did paper mache, uh, got the mold on my feet. And then he actually, which is wild, I, 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 I don't know how tape is capable of doing this, but he taped up my feet and he said, this is waterproof. I want you to wear this for the next three days. Uh, and then take it off on Friday. And this is basically going to simulate what the orthotics will feel like. And I was a little skeptical when he was taping them up. But then as soon as I got down off the operating table and walked around, the amount of support that I had and what walking properly feels like on the, you know, the balls of your feet and mm -hmm. instead of all the energy rolling into my ankle and my, the inside of my foot, Game changer. <laughs> you taped, so you're taped up right now? Taped up right now. I feel like I, I always thought I had poor balance, but I think the balance was just caused by what my feet would do when uh, pressure and, and energy would, would break down. It's it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Damn. That's a big thing for me right now. That's what's rattling around <laughs> I ca my I kind of want to get some inserts now that you're talking about it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually excited, too, to see how it'll affect my golf game. Who knows? I mean... A l brother, your balance on the on like your swing plane and your path and shit all the power that comes from your swing the majority of it is you interacting with the ground and your feet mm -hmm. you know they always say what you need to understand about a golf swing is it's the pressure that you put into the ground the ground pushes back mm -hmm. and so you got to be able to generate the right weight in the right place and the right sequence of your swing so this improved balance that i'm probably going to find and and ability to actually move the way that i should i think actually might help quite a bit yeah we'll see so those are all the things that are kicking around in my head okay um well the last couple things i have i guess we what, what do you got going on in your life uh i got my brother's bachelor party coming up end of this month vegas yep yeah and that'll then, be fun a little that, ignorant out there oh yeah i'm excited um my degenerate gambling Italian side will be coming out. Do you think you have uh, a bachelor party that's, I feel like it's it's either all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Do you think you guys will go to a strip club? Uh, we'll see. Saturday night, we have nothing planned um, because we're going to a club uh, Friday night and then day club Saturday during the day and being with a bunch of like 35 to 45-year-old men. You guys are going to the strip club. I think a lot of them will be tapped out by Saturday night. And then, depending on how the gambling goes, how much we get done, there's really nothing else to do other than go to Spearmint Rhino 
uh, a crazy horse. Couple, there you go. A couple of strip clubs in Vegas, which I have not been to yet. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm beyond my strip club era. I went, I've went. i been to a strip club like five times in my early 20s. I've seen what I needed to see. Don't need to ever go again. I used to go a lot uh, in college when we'd go out at, during the summers. We'd go out, and then there's a strip club in Detroit where you could go, and because they're so heavily regulated and they'll shut you down for anything. All these strip clubs in Michigan have like five-star kitchens. And so you get unreal food for cheap. I call I call it the 1080 special. Fridays uh, at this strip club for lunch, they give you like an eight-ounce filet, uh, soup, broccoli, and like mashed potatoes for $10.80. And it is a delicious meal. Joe, you are a <laughs> sick fucking bastard. You told me this story when we first started working together. I'm like, brother, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> You're the only person that I know that would go to a strip club, not even to look at women, but to eat a $10 filet on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Well, it's funny too, because at the time I'm like, that is, I'm 21. I'm an intern. I like where I'm working downtown in Detroit. And I'm like, yo, like, you guys want to go? You guys want to go to the strip club for lunch? And I'm with like my boss and like a bunch of other like associates on this finance team. I had a great time. We came back just like reeking of perfume though. And all the ladies in the office were like, why do you guys smell like that? We're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, we went to the mall. We were shopping for our wives. We were trying on perfumes. Yeah. I was in Sephora. I was picking up some cologne. I feel like strip clubs would be unbelievable scenes right now if social media never existed. I feel like now with what you have at your fingertips, strip clubs is just the allure is not uh, necessary anymore. Yeah. I yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, you can see everything on your Instagram page at this point. Yeah, what's wild to me is I, I, I'm i trying to keep everybody's expectations tempered. You know how when people say like, hey, I don't want to get fucked up and I don't want to do anything rowdy mm-hmm. for this weekend that we have coming up. I, I, I need to make sure they emphatically know that my bachelor party is literally all I want it to be is primetime, healthy, uh, somewhat sober golf Mm -hmm. i mean i know that's probably not going to be the case but we have uh we're playing 18 on friday and 36 on saturday then 18 on sunday and with how much i've wanted to improve and how much i've been practicing i'm like guys i'm not getting bombed on friday night Mm -hmm. i don't want to wake up with a hangover once at my bachelor party you guys can get all fucked up but you guys got to understand that if you're trying to force shots, I mean, you, I, I need you to listen to me right now and, and be a force of, of good at my bachelor party because I just want to play fun, good, healthy golf. Well. Danny, I, you all right? Over there, bud. <laughs> you just moan? No. <laughs> what was that clear, noise? Clearing his throat. Oh. <laughs> just clearing his throat. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, will, I cannot confirm nor deny uh, my actions on that. I'll read the, we'll read the room, you know. It's your bachelor party. We're we're there to celebrate you. So maybe we'll be the one celebrating while you're locked in. But a couple of drinks. Might no, we're definitely gonna like enjoy ourselves. But yeah. like, I don't want to go to the fucking club. No, 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 no. I don't want like a poker night though. A couple of drinks get going. Hundred percent. Couple brother. cigars. Oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. But it's wild to me when I hear about bachelor bachelorette parties where somebody will like, uh, well. We don't need to get into all that, but yeah, I want it to be somewhat tame. I got my dad and my uncle, my brother coming. Yeah. It's going to be great, man. Well, I've got my dad 
and a couple of my uncles coming too, but they're just mostly, they're the, I think they're the ones, my dad doesn't care, but a couple of my uncles, I think are more excited than we are to go to the Omnia. Like they can't wait. My uncle Phil, he's like probably 65. He's an orthodontist. Let's go uncle Phil. At uh, my cousin's bachelor party. I was too young to go at the time. I'm the youngest in my family. They're all a lot older than me, but he was like, I was like, how's the, how's the bachelor party? Uncle Phil he was like, I tell you what, that Omnia place. He's like, <laughs> like, I've never been to anywhere like that before. Like, it's like, that was the greatest place on earth. I'm like, okay, Uncle Phil. Like, all right. Let's go, Uncle Phil. Yeah. Dude, you know what so, Uncle Phil's actually pretty dope in Vegas is Resorts World. That's where we're staying. Oh, yeah, man. I, uh, I've, I've been uh, in Aria <laughs> Loyalist. Because one of our casino hosts, his name is Alberto, great fucking guy. He works for the MGM, Ari is part of MGM, so we always stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I walked in Resorts World for the Esports Awards, I was kind of blown away. Because we went there for a show for Zed with Ninja, Tyler, uh, Tim, Jack, and a bunch of other creators about a year and some change ago. Mm-hmm. And it was the first couple months of Zed's residency at the Outdoor Club at Resorts World. And so you could tell the staff was really new and they didn't really have a great process uh, built out for uh, tables and just all the things that Vegas has really dialed in at more established clubs and hotels. Mm-hmm. So I had a poor taste in my mouth from that because they, we bought a table and then when we got to that table, coincidentally enough, we walked in and it was a bunch of friends that I've met through Haley's group of people out here in LA. Mm-hmm. But the entire thing was like oversubscribed. There's too many people. So we're like, what the fuck are we paying for? Yeah. Uh, so that was a weird experience at Resorts World. But when we went back for the Esports Awards, I walked in there. I'm like, this place is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. The casino floor is really, really nice. The hotel was, uh, it looked beautiful. Everything about Resorts World. So I'm excited for you and your your family and friends. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The planning has been annoying because, like I said, these dudes are all older and have, you know, infants and toddlers and all they're thinking about is bachelor parties and they've been up my ass about what we're doing. But we finally got it planned. Um, Good for you, Joe. Your guy hooked me up too, so. Let's go, Alberto. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so it'll be a good time. But When is that again? Uh, end of April. End of April? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you got a lot of traveling coming up too then, so. A lot of weddings this summer too. Bunch of cousins getting married, so I'm just gearing up for summer. My brother just had a baby. Yeah. How's that going? Uh, I think it's going well now. She uh, came, I think, like a month early or a couple weeks early. Mm-hmm. And so she had to be in the ICU for a little bit uh, because her lungs weren't, uh, they basically weren't at full function. Mm-hmm. And they had to keep her on a, a breathing uh, regimen. Uh, but they finally brought her home yesterday or two days ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's wild to think that I have six nephews and nieces now. It's Wow. Yeah, it's. I, I really want to spend. I got to find a way to spend more time in Chicago because my uncle Greg, who's my dad's twin brother, was always around. It was always awesome when he would come by. I had it. My aunts on my mom's side were always great to us too. So I, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be in their lives. So I got to get there, be involved more mm-hmm. because uh, my my sister's oldest, who's around like five or six years old now. I feel like he's starting to really understand and and perceive the world that's going on around him mm-hmm. and so i want to be a, a transformative figure for him in yeah. some capacity or another so i got to figure that out but mm-hmm. been talking a lot too about what the next couple of years look like for us in the living situation i i just think all the things that are happening in california are not concerning i just 
I don't, I don't know if I want to raise kids in Los Angeles. I mean, the first couple of years, not that big of a deal, but once you get to like four or five and they start getting into school and stuff, I got to figure out where the fuck home base is going to be. Yeah. Can't really go back to Chicago just because I don't want to be six months of cold and my dad doesn't live there anymore. Uh, I think Dallas would make the most sense just because I've got all my optic guys out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I feel like we're in this unique position where we could really live anywhere and I want to have good friends and family around in some capacity. So I don't know. I feel like the next five years is going to bring a lot of change and I just don't know where, how it's all going to shake out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to raise a family here either. I've always said once I have kids or whatever, I'll go back to Michigan, but <clears throat> certainly fun till then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it now the warm weather is finally uh, back into action. We got the sun out. Haven't had rain in a minute. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to this summer. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like I said, we got this wedding coming up. So that's just going to be a moment that we'll never get to live again. Got to, yeah. got to enjoy it for what it is. 100%. Um, okay. Well, fuck, man. I mean, talked about some shit. You want to talk about kick view botting allegations or. No, Bjergsen is going to exist in every streaming platform that's ever existed for the. You want to talk about Bjergsen retiring or LCS being at its least watch or lowest watch grand final? Man, it's the League of Legends is just tough right now, brother. I mean, when you ask a 16 year old kid what's the first game they're playing when they get home from school, I I can't imagine. You pull 116 year olds, I would say maybe five of them are going home out of those hundred to go play League of Legends. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game has been around for such a long time, and that's sort of the double-edged sword with video games, I would say. It, once a game and its history, uh, especially for a MOBA like League of Legends, I mean, it'd be one thing if there were an- if there was another MOBA genre game that is played in, 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 the, in the U.S. prevalently. I think the conversation is very different. Mm-hmm. But League of Legends now has been around for, you know, more than a decade and a half. And I just don't think that there's a lot of people or new players coming in and and, and trying to get better at the game. Yeah. Uh, the Bjergsen situation was pretty tough. We were at the golf course when I got the text. And it was basically Jacob, our head of esports, saying Bjergsen just informed us that he's retiring and he's going to release his statement within the next hour. And again... Two sides to that story. I, I think two perspectives. One, as somebody who's been a fan of Bjergsen and a fan of any player that's ever come into the folded 100 Thieves, I really do, I truly mean this, want what's best for them. At the end of the day, self-preservation. You got to look out what's best for you and your family and the world that you live in. And so if he felt as if retiring right now was the best thing for his mental health and his well-being, there's nothing that I can say nor feel that would not reinforce the fact that I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think he handled it the best way? Probably not. I would say if Bjergsen had been a part of 100 Thieves LCS for a couple of years and he handled it this way, I would be furious. I'd be beside myself. Like, How could we have such a good relationship with this player and they're really looking out for their themselves in terms of not the retirement, but how he messaged it to us and how he handled the actual uh, run a show for that day. 
but he's been with us for half a split and his career uh, has been tenured for a long time. And this is what he wanted to do and how he wanted to handle it. Uh, an hour heads up, not great. And I think it was tough for me just because I've known Bjergsen for a while. We don't have a close relationship, but we certainly respect each other. And when I watched the video, I think that's when I got a little bit more upset just because he had a full uh, you know, DSLR, mic'd up, production there, quality through some, the roof. There's some prep. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But I totally get it because he didn't want it to leak to the media. He wanted to handle his goodbye the way that he wanted to handle it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I certainly understand the thought process. If he lets us know, that means we got to go look for a mid laner. And all of a sudden, conversations, it's like a game of telephone. Wildfire spreads between managers and agents and other teams. They find out, and there's moles at every organization. They're leaking it to the journalists, and they're putting out a story. Yeah. So I get why he did it. It doesn't make it any easier for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter for anybody besides 100 Thieves executives and company employees and staff uh, because the community wants to celebrate Bjergsen and celebrate we shall and mm-hmm. he deserves that but for us now we're kind of sitting here trying to pick up the pieces and would have loved to find out earlier mm-hmm. i don't think anybody did anything wrong no. but in a certain circumstance hypothetical i really wish you would have told us earlier and in a little bit of a more respectful fashion, but I get why he didn't. So I don't. I, I truly don't hold it against him. Yeah, I think. I think if you watch this, if you can't understand that thought process and how I feel about it, it we got nothing to talk about then. Yeah. But it, you know, if you put yourself in Bjergsen's shoes and and my shoes, I I think logically you can understand where I'm coming from. But I'm not upset. I'm really not. Yeah. He had an incredible career. The things that he did for the esports community uh, through his success and the way that he care himself can't deny his contributions, and that needs to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. But an hour before the announcement, a, a Twitter DM—I don't know—I would have handled it a little differently. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the next uh, chapter of his career. He certainly deserves to be happy. Yeah, and we'll figure it out. It's not, this is not an Armageddon doomsday scenario where we all have a sour taste in my mouth and we're belligerently upset. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But that's just the honest take. If you want to hear it straight from me, we're happy for him. Wish it was handled differently, but that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Such is life. Such is life. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, League of Legends numbers again. I just, North American interest around the game, I just don't think it's that high. But, you know, that's that's the other aspect of esports that you got to be aware of and understand the risks that come with games sort of faltering in terms of people playing them and watching them. But it's been cool, man, to see Call of Duty. Optics playing really well right now. When Optics playing well, people are paying attention. So it's mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh, the Iron Team, I'm stoked for the rest of the season. It's great to finally see the players showing up on stage. That's going to be a fun next couple of weeks, seeing their confidence get to a place where they feel like they can win every match that they compete in on stage. 
So all good things. Yep. Valorant plays Cloud9 on Saturday. That'll be a fun match. COD has, I think, what, their last two qualifiers this weekend? No, the, I think the, the, the majors this weekend in Columbus, or is that next week? Next week. Next Damn, week. you are right. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> Did my research, you know. I have no idea who we're playing, though, so that's where the, the buck stopped. But Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. A couple upper deckies against the Minnesota Rocker boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really I thought we were going to win that optic match, but they played well. They capitalized mistakes that we made on mm-hmm. first hard point search. We lost control. Yeah. Looked good. Second hard point. Kept it close for a little bit, but yeah, optic looks dangerous right now, man. Mm-hmm. They look dangerous. <laughs> they do look good. I'm curious to see how that will translate uh, at this major. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fun couple months of esports, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to be playing some Valorant again. So hell yeah! All right, well, that's it. That's all I got. Anything else happen that you guys think we should talk about, or should we wrap it the fuck up? Dang, Grandma, the podcast is over. I'm sad. (laughs) All right. All right. Golf collection dropping Saturday. Yep. Polos, hats, ball marker tees, Mm. towels, Mm. all the fixings. Mm. It's going to be nice. All right, everybody. Uh, Before we go, I just want to say, if you use a Galactus deck in Marvel Snap, you are a (laughs) cuck. And we do not fuck with you. Brother, I downloaded, uh, or I finally had Galactus in my store, had all my collector's tokens. What does Galactus do? Brother, if if there is an empty location and you put Galactus down, it destroys the rest of the board. Oh my God. So basically what people will do is they'll play Galactus on the fifth turn. And then on the sixth turn, they'll just throw a Hobgoblin down, get minus eight, which flies over to your side. And it's just, the deck is so boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just sitting there for three to four minutes waiting to the fifth turn, hoping to God that you get Galactus in your hand. And it takes no talent, no skill, no strategy, no planning. And I know this because I ran a Galactus deck for like <laughs> five days because I finally unlocked him. And it's just not fun to play. Yeah. It's, it drives me fucking crazy when I could be doing all the things right playing my cards as I get them. Heart of the cards. Heart and then the somebody cards. drops a fucking Galactus on me, fifth turn. And there is no better feeling when you've got, uh, I've been running this Patriot deck and this other deck that uh, basically revolves around three energy cost cards. Because what you do essentially is uh, run Sarah. And what Sarah, I don't know, Sarah, Sarah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but use him on fifth turn. And it uh, basically, uh, it, it, it reduced the cost of every card in your hand uh, by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Silver Surfer, who adds plus two to every three card cost that you have. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden on six turn after this Galactus is dropped, this motherfucker think he's got me cooked. And then I drop four cards on his forehead yeah. and can sneak <laughs> that one out and win it. But yeah, Galactus decks, we don't fuck with you. And on top of that, if, if you know, I, I wanted to hit infinite once, and I did by using my Shuri deck with Red Skull and Hulk, She-Hulk. That, that deck takes no talent either. It's still <laughs> like the number one meta deck, but they're just boring. 
they're they're boring because you're just waiting on one card and that's it. I love I love the 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 ramping up decks where you can drop, you know, Wong and Mystique and Patriot and Captain uh or not Captain yeah, Captain no, not Captain Marvel. Uh Marvel uh fuck. Oh my god, Blue Marvel. It's Bl- Blue Chew? Blue Chew Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's plus one get, every card the, on the board. Had to get the boner pill in there. Yeah, listen, guys, if you're running those two decks, we don't fuck with you. I mean, I stopped playing the game because I feel like the entire game is uh, gear up to turn six and then game theory, what location they're going to put their six card on. Yeah. And I then mean, you figure out which I one. I feel to... like that's still fun, though. I got pretty bored of it. I get that. I get that. But I'm still enjoying uh, Marvel Snap. But ladies and gentlemen... I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you guys for tuning in to Nate Knows, Nate Shot Knows, Two Thieves in a Pod, or whatever the fuck we're calling this. We don't run Galactus decks, and if you do, fuck you. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in, and you too. We'll see you fudging later. Goodbye.